Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael and his son, Pastor Shane Lance, to wrap up this series in the book of Philemon. Well, hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael Lance with Pastor Shane Lance, and we're wrapping up the book of Philemon, and we're excited to tell you that we are transitioning to the book of Exodus. Oh, an amazing book, but we're going to look back at an amazing letter, uh, gospel in miniature. Uh, Pastor Shane, you had the privilege of preaching this, and we aired it for our listening family here on Walk in Truth. And as we think about this wonderful little letter of Philemon, I want to ask you a question, Pastor Shane, that is, you know, as you taught the book and as you reflect on the book, and it was a little while ago when you taught it, what are some of the main takeaways that you would say, hey, I learned this from this book? Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, when I first started studying this book, I, I remember kind of thinking to myself, wow, this is such an incredible story um, of forgiveness. And I feel like that theme kind of rang uh, true through the whole book as we studied it is what 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 Paul is really calling on Philemon to do is to to forgive and um, I think that a lack of forgiveness oftentimes plagues the church and plagues individual Christians and limits um, a lot of things in their life and what I mean is uh, I think that you could apply this to any area of your life, whether it be within the context of a marriage relationship, a, a friendship relationship, uh, an, um, another coworker at, at work, you know, whatever it might be. And we we have a propensity in our hearts to hold on to things, to be people who hold on to grudges, and we can be very um, bad at forgiving. And I, I had shared this last time we talked about Philemon, but I, I can loosely paraphrase a, a quote that I had read from Calvin during my studying for this. And he said something to the effect of, you know, far be it from us as those who've been given such a great forgiveness from the Lord to then refuse to forgive those who we call our brothers and sisters in Christ. And even beyond that, just people in general, we've been given such a great forgiveness. How could we be a people who withhold forgiveness in light of what Christ has done mm-hmm. for us? And I... That's been something that has definitely been a consistent thing that's been impressed upon my heart when I was teaching this, and even now, uh, a couple months later, it's 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 really something I, I has continued to be at the forefront of my mind. Well, I think you you've captured well the kind of the meat or crux of Philemon, and it is interesting that Paul has to really um, urge Philemon to forgive and restore um, this this man Onesimus, and we've. We've heard you teach to the backdrop of that. Do you think that it's true that sometimes someone has to remind us of what you just said or urge us to forgive? Um, and when that happens, you know, sometimes I, I will say I've been listening to a pastor on the radio, for example. I listen to other, other pastors and um, sometimes there's been like a, a word about forgiveness or a corrective that I had to just kind of swallow hard and say, you know, that that's me. Uh, I've been holding on to something. If someone listening right now has that realization that I am the man, like, you know, David, yeah. when he was confronted by Nathan, you're the man. David was all fired up in the story, but then he found out that he was the guy. What do we do um, when we're 
we realize we're that person. Yeah. I think the first part of your question to answer it, yeah, we need to be reminded on a daily basis the grace that's been poured out on us. I think it's, you know, fundamentally as a Christian, I think it's easy to say, yeah, I I know that I've been forgiven. That's like a, that's a pillar of our faith that, that Christ was the ultimate atonement for our sins at the cross. And, you know, even we're going to be going into Exodus and there's this interesting section in Exodus where Moses says, I'll die for the people if that will make things right. And he can't because he's not the perfect spotless lamb of God. And so that's just like a pillar of our faith that Christ has forgiven us and paid our debt. But it is also just so easy for us to get into this mode where we hold bitterness in our heart. We allow the enemy to creep in and cause division. And I I think that it's oftentimes uh, due to pride and self-righteousness. And so we say, well, I would never have done this or that. And maybe you've said that to uh, somebody in the midst of a a heated discussion. Maybe it's been your spouse. You know, I would never do that to you. And well, actually, you, you you might. And I think we can forget our own sinfulness and our own wickedness. And so it, I think the idea of forgiveness is something that has to continually be put before us so that we can be a people who emulate Christ. Because that's actually, you know, forgiveness is huge in Philemon. But what Paul is really calling uh, Philemon to do uh, towards Onesimus is to act like Christ. And Paul even says at one point, I could demand it of you, being that I'm the Apostle Paul, I could demand it of you that you do this. But he says, I would rather you do it on your own accord and be <laughs> what you say you are, which is a Christian, which is to emulate and follow after Christ's example. And and Paul does say at the end of the letter, and I'm confident that you're going to even do more yeah. than I request. And I think that's what we should expect from a Christian is that we would do more than just the minimum to get by, more than what what is expected of us. Although sometimes, you know, I can think of a person right now that who might say, well, what about someone who hurt me in the past and they've never repented of it? And let's say uh, they're gone now. They, they've passed away. Now, now what? Well, so see, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? So it's really easy for us to look at this account in Philemon, this letter from Paul and say, you know, almost like, yeah, Philemon, come on, you need to forgive him, be like Christ, right? Like, it's really easy to say that. But let's look at the context for a moment of what's taking place here. We know that Onesimus wronged Philemon in some way. And from what we can tell, Philemon is an upstanding citizen. He's a man of God. And he you can venture to imagine that Philemon was probably very good to Onesimus, and Onesimus did something to betray him. What We don't know what it is because Paul doesn't get into the details, which I think there's a lesson in that, even not rehashing details sometimes. But what's interesting is that it's easy for us to look at the account in Scripture and say, come on, you need to forgive him. Yeah, just forgive him. That's what Jesus would do, right? But then when we're the one that's in Philemon's shoes where we've been brutally you know, hurt by somebody and it's caused, you know, uh, you know, trauma in our life or we've had to go through a very difficult season. And some people listening to this, you've had people in your life who have really hurt you. And it could be um, extreme things, you know, and I could go down a list of extreme ways that another human being could hurt us in a way that could be cause permanent damage, right? Um, and yet the call on our life is to extend forgiveness even to our worst enemy. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures, Christ died while we were still dead in our sin, while we were still his enemies, right? Yes. And so that is the type of love and forgiveness that's been bestowed upon you. And so you are called 
to be obedient and to also do that, even not for just your friend or your brother or your spouse, but even your enemy. So you were talking about how Philemon needed to forgive Onesimus because of some hurt that he had done. Mm-hmm. And that's really going to be the truth in every case. We're going we're gonna to have to forgive people for being hurt. And, you know, Jesus said some radical things about forgiveness, like when he told the story in Matthew 18 and basically says, if you don't forgive, neither will my heavenly father forgive you. Basically, to me saying, hey, you know what? This is the stuff of my followers. My followers are those who forgive other people. And here I just want to walk this out to the gospel in Philemon 118. If he's wronged you in any way, done anything you know to wrong you in any way, charge it to my account. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what the son said to the father, thinking about the cross now in the gospel picture. Father, I know they've done wrong. Charge it to my account. So Pastor Shane, right there, I think we have some of the core, um, the gospel in miniature right there in verse 18, charge it to me. And you think about Paul and you know, how the Lord had changed him so radically from a man who wanted to stamp out the Christian faith to now this man encouraging other people to forgive and say, charge it to me if there's any lingering debt. That's the gospel. I know that's what you would want our listeners to take away as the core lesson. Walk that out for a second. Like, okay, if, if that's the core takeaway from Philemon, help, help us know a little bit about what that looks like in our lives. Well, I think that the overall theme comes back to the idea of being, you know, chasing after the example that Christ gave us. So, you know, um, Scripture calls us as believers to be holy. And that word holy, maybe you're listening and you say, I hear pastors say holy all the time. Uh, We're called to be a holy people. Well, the simple way of thinking about holiness is to be set apart. And so that means that goes paralleled with what Jesus said, that my people are in this world, but they are not of this world, right? And so we are called to be different than the world. You know, if you were to take a situation in your life where somebody's wronged you and you were to take it to maybe family members who are non-believers or a group of friends who are non-believers, more than likely the advice that you'd get, this is very worldly advice, right? This is godless advice is, well, you know what? You have a right to feel the way you do because that person wronged you and Basically, you know, forget that person because they, they, they wronged you. But Jesus says, no, you're to be set apart, which means you're going to operate differently than the world does. So a Christian approach becomes, you know what, in spite of what that person did for me, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to love them anyway. And that's actually Paul in this gospel miniature in Philemon is, is really – he's exemplifying uh, – it's a picture of Christ in so many ways because Paul is saying – Hey, he's he's making he's giving an uh, account for uh, Onesimus, and he's saying, "I want you to pardon him, and if he did something wrong, I want you to count it, you know, as if uh, unto me." And right. I think about this picture that Scripture paints for us that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, and when our accusers come before him, he says, "I've already paid for that." He's and, always, always interceding for us. Right. And that's the gospel. You know, I, I am a songwriter and I wrote a song um, just recently called All Glory. And uh, we haven't released it yet, but the 
bridge of the song says, every time I'm accused and every, every time I'm to blame, you sit by the Father and you clear my name because your blood was enough and your love so deep that you carried my cross and now I can stand in victory. And that's really the gospel message. Amen. That's, th- those are beautiful lyrics, Shane. And search, by the way, here's a little mini unplanned commercial. Search Shane Lance Music if you want more. It's a TZ at the end of our last name. Shane Lance, couple of closing thoughts, segueing us to the book of Exodus. You brought up Moses. We'll come to Moses in a second. But I want to say that Jesus said that people would know we belong to him by our love one for another. And forgiveness is the greatest expression of love. It's the cross. It's what God did for us in sending his son. So that's something to think about. But here's something else that you brought up. You brought up Moses. Now, tonight at our Wednesday night study, I'm going to deal with this account where Moses says, basically, if you won't forgive the people, blot me out of your book. And we're going to dig out what that means. So there's another step to this, because it's not just about forgiving people who've hurt you. And that can be hard and challenging. But Moses is willing to take the fall when he had not done anything wrong. He was innocent, but he came to the Lord as though he had committed the sin, as if to say, I know this is a terrible sin, Lord, and, and I know they should be judged, but take me out, uh, blot me out of your book. Mm-hmm. This is a step further that I think for some, and, and even as we sit here, Shane, I think it's so radical, but to think about the ownership that Moses takes, that he's willing to be a mediator, he becomes a picture of Christ. But some, so many of us get stuck on the first part, like forgiving and if we've been hurt, but this second part is like a gospel. Uh, it's like that's really what Christ did, innocent, yet he is willing to step in for the guilty. Yeah, I mean that's the whole Old Testament narrative is is pointing towards the Messiah. If you read through the Old Testament, you know, I remember in college taking a class called The History of Redemption, and it's just an over – like a flyover of the Old Testament and we would just hone in on the, these specific occurrences in the Old Testament narrative and – you start to realize that from Genesis all the way through to the end of the Old Testament, where it lands right before we open our Bible and then we see Matthew, there's this building up of the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Things are broken, but the Messiah is coming. And you see God's um, redemptive plan that's enacted, and it can't be undone. And you watch it. You watch the enemy try to undo it, and, and even the nation of Israel abandoned God over and over again, and yet he continues to make a way because he's faithful. And, you know, if you looked at the faithfulness of man and it was based on how faithful the nation of Israel was, for example, in the Old Testament, we would have been in trouble. (laughs) And I don't think that it would have worked out, but it was not based on their faithfulness. It was based on the faithfulness of God. And really what's happening in that section in Exodus is that Moses is, is maybe not even realizing it in that moment. You have to wonder what was going through his head. But what he doesn't realize maybe is that he was painting the perfect picture of what Christ was going to do some thousands of years later. Beautiful types and shadows. And uh, we're going to pause here for a moment. This is Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael Lance with Pastor Shane Lance. We have Nate Lance on the board. And thank you, Nate. And uh, we're just going to take a moment to let you know that this is a uh, radio program and a podcast program with the idea of helping you walk in the truth of God's word. 
And we are transitioning away from the book of Philemon to the glorious book of Exodus. We've already begun to talk about it. But we're we're going to be airing now the book of Exodus. And, you know, Shane, when I start thinking about, we fast forwarded all, all the way to chapter 32, but thinking about, you know, just the, the book as a whole and the excitement of this book, you know, you have the terrible um, – that they're in Egypt under this terrible oppression in a house of bondage. Moses, the deliverer is born. You have the burning bush, the plagues. You have, you know, the, the crossing of the Red Sea, the, the worship that takes place, the manna, the water from the rock, uh, the Ten Commandments. I mean, this book is chocked f- filled with incredible stories and accounts. But we talked about types and shadows and how Moses becomes a shadow or a type of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you reflect on the book of Exodus and you think about, you know, maybe just wetting the whistle for a person who's listening who's maybe relatively new to the Bible, what would you say? What gets you pumped about the book of Exodus? Yeah, I think there's so much that happens in the the historical account in Exodus. There's so much. And there's two like main sections to this book. And the first 18 chapters about is basically God's deliverance and providing a way for his people to escape bondage. And you just see God's hand all throughout the way he's working. And and I think it's worth noting, in spite of the flaws of all the main characters, I mean, it's so bad that at one point, the main guy who's going to be the prophet who leads them out kill somebody in, in, a anger, in a fit of anger. And, you know, there's some low moments. Um, but it's also a book that I think there's just moments where you're reading through Exodus and studying it where your heart is heavy for the nation of Israel because you just see, uh, you just see, you know, I think of the, the old hymn, Come Thou Fount, which um, when I taught on one of these sections where uh, Moses descends from Sinai and he finds the people worshiping an idol and I think of the words famously in Come Thou Fount that say, um, you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And it doesn't take but a couple of weeks for the people of Israel to just completely forget the things that God has done. Mm -hmm. And I think that something that stands out to me, there's two things. I I can relate a lot to the nation of Israel. I think it's easy to point maybe a self-righteous finger at the people of Israel in some of these Old Testament accounts and say, how could you be so foolish? And yet I do the same things in my own heart. I, I try to do things in my own strength. I try to make my own way. Sometimes I, I think that my ways are higher than his for some reason. I still do that because I'm sinful. Uh, but then on top of that, it also speaks volumes of God's faithfulness, like we were just saying. And so you see the wickedness of man, and in spite of the wickedness of man, you see God's faithfulness. And and even when they make that golden calf and proclaim that that's their God who led them out of the land of Egypt, how heartbreaking. And, you know, Shane, as I'm reflecting on Moses, when he when he basically says, blot me out of your book if you won't forgive them, I think he's he's brokenhearted for God, too. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one, one of the things I was pondering earlier today was if we can ever get past ourselves to put ourselves in the place of God. When we sin against God, we, if I can put it this way, we break his heart. Against you and you only have I sinned, David said. And when we can see our sin that way, that's first and foremost vertical, I, I think it will change some of the decisions we make. You know, one of the one of the reformers, I think, said our hearts can be idol-making factories. We know how 
easily we can gravitate to gods of gold and silver and pleasure and all of this stuff. And so we're going to see some scenes there in the book of Exodus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Producer Rob Newton asked the question. He writes scripts for us and he said, why did you choose this in 2021? Kind of at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. And how is it helpful now? For our congregation, we were still dealing with COVID. We opened um, pretty early. We opened on the day of Pentecost with a thousand other churches in California and decided we couldn't keep the doors closed, took some stands. God was gracious with us. Um, I think this was a very timely study for our church as it relates to pro-life stuff um, with the, the killing of the, the babies and throwing them in the Nile. What are some of your reflections as you sat, led worship, uh, sat through some of the teaching? What what uh, struck you? Yeah, I I think about just the heaviness of some of the the passages where you see at any moment God would have been fully justified in saying, "Okay, I'm done." And um, you know, I heard a pastor years ago saying, "Just imagine if that scene were to have happened at Calvary, if." as the people are mocking Jesus and saying, if you're the king of the Jews, then deliver yourself, you know? And there's just this utter irreverence for who's actually before them and utter disregard for the holiness of Christ and the fact that he's being innocently, he's innocent and yet he's being brutally murdered in front of these people. And I heard a pastor years ago say, can you imagine if at that moment Jesus would have said, all right, I'm done. Yeah. And, you know, would have just said, I tried with you guys and it obviously will never be enough. And I see that same heart of Christ for his people and full of compassion and mercy and love. Uh, It meets in a way that we can't really comprehend because I think Exodus in a lot of ways exemplifies how there's this divine balance between God's mercy and grace and love and forgiveness and also his justice and his wrath and his righteousness and his holiness. And you see moments where he... Um, steps in and and he allows intercession to happen for the nation of Israel and he he pardons them. And then you also see moments where he says, okay, you guys are going to be on your own for a while and you're going to suffer the consequences of your sin. Yeah. And provisions along the way too, like the manna and the water from the rock. But he does let them wander in the desert. And the book of Hebrews, which is a lot of commentary on the book of Exodus, says that the reason that they wandered was one, uh, central reason unbelief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about applications, you're going to listen to the book of Exodus through the fall of this year. If you're uh, a listener to walk in truth, what can I get out of it? It's going to be a story of salvation. It's going to be a story of sanctification. It's going to be a story of, you know, some of the, the ways that we, we fall to idols and we can easily wander, as you said, Pastor Shane. But I think what we're, what we're all going to find is a God who remains faithful. He's holy, but he will ultimately satisfy his holiness and his wrath in his son dying in our stead. So that's what's coming up. We're excited to air the book of Exodus for all of our wonderful Walk in Truth listeners and partners. Hey, thank you for your prayers, your partnership with us. And for those of you who are new to the broadcast, we want to welcome you aboard. Hey, tell friends and family that the book of Exodus is airing on Walk in Truth. If they can't catch it on their radio station locally, you can catch it uh, on podcasts, just searching Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Uh, Pastor Shane, a final word as we uh, are going to sign off here. Anything you want to share to close? 
You know, I think uh, as you go through the study with us on Walk in Truth, just have an open mind to, you know, I think the Old Testament in general, don't be under the preconceived idea that this is going to be a boring study because it's so jam-packed, as Pastor Michael was just saying. There's so much that we can glean from in this uh, this study, and I would just say it will really drive you to a point where if you allow the Scripture to speak to your heart, you'll you'll just be driven to this point where you'll see God's faithfulness. And, you know, when you see God's faithfulness unto the nation of Israel, in so many ways, you know, you can think about that that is actually also his faithfulness to you. Because I think about the fulfillment, the messianic line is preserved, God stays faithful to his people, the Messiah is born, and ultimately Jesus comes and says, um, it's going to be for the Jew first and also to the Greek. And that's to say that the the gospel message becomes um, the saving power through Jesus Christ, and it's now available for you and for me. And so when God is stepping in and he's preserving the uh, people of Israel, he, in so many ways, you can tie it to your own heart and say, God was paving a way for me to have salvation. Amen. And the Messiah will retrace the fallen footsteps of Israel. He will succeed where they failed. He comes as a light to the nations. He faces the temptation in the desert. He overcomes, and that's what he does. Where we have fallen short, he succeeds and yep. pays the ransom price. Hey, if you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the time. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the is the day of salvation. We live in a crazy world, my friend. I don't have to tell you what's going on all around us. You need an anchor for your soul. It doesn't matter if things are great or things are terrible. You need an anchor for your soul. You need salvation through Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to get to heaven except through him. That's what he said, and he backed it up through his resurrection from the dead. Trust in him today. Hey, if we can help you in any way with that, if you want to get back to walking strong with the Lord, man, go go with us through this Exodus study and get in your Bible every day and just make him, ask him to be Lord of your life and he will be faithful to see you all the way through and all the way home. We're so grateful for all of you. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you for our listening family, those who are new, those who have been with us for a long time. Would you bless them, keep them, Would you let your glorious face shine upon them? Give them shalom. Give them peace. Keep them safe and strong. Reach out your hand and touch those who need a touch today. Thank you for the platform you've granted us. Thank you for all those who are invested in this ministry. We're we're so grateful for what you're doing. We love you. We pray your blessing in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, if you missed any message in our Philemon teaching series, you can go back and listen to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teaching in more books of the Bible. As you know, we love to connect with our listeners, and that means you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the rest of us here a letter. We love to get mail, so you can get all that contact information on walkintruth.com. Or if you're ready now, here's the email address. It's contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Again, you can write us at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. 
And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 1, 1 through 14, called The House of Bitter Bondage. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.